turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and we are at the top of the hour. Many of you are headed home and hopefully have plans for a great weekend and can enjoy some family time, downtime. Some of you are going to be working all weekend, and some of you are still working. So grateful for your contribution and grateful for everything that is moving along. Again, we talk as conservatives about the chaos and craziness that's happening around the country and the world. But even when we are in power, remember, there was a lot of craziness and chaos. And sometimes we don't get the outcome that we hoped for. We had the presidency, we had the House and the Senate, and we still have the Affordable Health Care Act. We could not get even our Republican lawmakers to jump on board. See, what happens is, when you again, you have... The momentum behind the people, the people can assert power and influence. We saw that with the Tea Party movement that happened. Even this last movement, this last red wave, we've, we've had multiple incumbents that got toasted here in our, in our state legislature and it happened around the country as well because the people didn't feel that they were towing the line that was most appropriate for their constituents. And boom, gone. That's the way we have to behave. That's the way we do it. But while they're in office... We need to hold them account, accountable during the legislative process. When they're campaigning, we got to hold them accountable to the words that they promise and what they do. I got to tell you, it is, um, it's us, right? We just, if we can vote them in, we can vote them out, and we have to put up their dukes. That's a great way to fight. But then when we have our lawmakers, we have to, again, go to the battlefield and fight back against the progressive left the best we possibly can. Hey, we're going to the break. We're talking about all this economic dynamic that's happening around world and global trading. Some of the things that we've talked about in the past are like this notion of hegemon, the king of the hill. And the king of the hill in an economic standpoint, the U.S. Had, has been there really since World War II. And if you think about it, you have a country that has strong economic foothold. We have a strong military. We can have what's called outstretch or overreach to go out and protect the free trade zones around the world and do what we possibly can to police, not not to get into conflicts, but to balance a lot of the power that's happening around the U.S., or, or excuse me, around the globe. And that way, it is a national security motivation, but also when you think about our allies and free markets as it relates to the way that the global market has expanded and then now contracted, where it's very easy for you to get to different places and do things, free trade is essential. And so we have people that the hegemon, the king of the hill, is somebody that, or a country that has to kind of manage that. But not everybody wants the U.S. to be the hegemon, right? So Russia has positioned themselves multiple times to try to get there. Putin is doing it right now. He's doing it by force in his region. You look at that Eastern European bloc, and you see the influence he's having all the way across Europe with energy and such. He's putting pressure. And the threats that come from Russia... And they come from China to free nations about like Pelosi going to visit Taiwan. They say there's articles written by the Financial Times that say she instigated retaliation from China. What the heck? You know, Taiwan is a strategic partner for us. They're not they're not a formal ally. We have alliances with them, but they're not a formal ally with us. And so the fact that our Speaker of the House or President or anybody else that's elected wants to go to Taiwan and China threatens us. And then even retaliates against Taiwan. 
I mean, that is a bully position. That bully position is where people start to assume the hegemonic position. Now, why do you think they're building their Navy? Okay, their Navy is compounded growth relative to ours. Trump tried to keep up with it. Now this administration's allocating resources to clean energy car rebates. Okay, and again, I think it's a oxymoron in a number of different ways. How in the world can you say an electric car gives you clean energy when you have to plug it into the wall where 60-something percent of all the energy going from the wall into that vehicle comes from fossil fuels? All right, not to mention lithium batteries and all that stuff. So we've got all this kind of fairyland, utopia, pixie dust. What did Jonathan call it? The land of magic or something in, uh, in Washington, D.C.? It's just fake, okay? So the positioning. But you get there and you have to recognize Russia's not screwing around. They are working in concert with China. What is the other nation that, to me, doesn't seem like a relative economic power, but now they're assuming way more power, and that's Iran, right? You think about the impact. Look, they're trying to assassinate two of our elected officials or people that have been appointed and had high-profile positions in the United States with uh, John Bolton and then Secretary Pompeo. Pompeo, think about this, okay? What would have happened if Iran tried to assassinate Bolton when President Trump was the president? I mean, really, what would have happened? I mean, this is borderline because these are Iranian revolutionary guardsmen. These are not people that are just some mercenary they picked up off the street. These are focused. These are government people trying to take out our elected people or our people that have been appointed or their leadership. They're, they're high-profile Americans that do this. If this doesn't freak you out and rage you, it should. Why are they so emboldened? Because we have a limp-wristed president. We've got an administration that does nothing to protect our country, even protect us through their border, okay, and right here at our neighbors. And then you see these people starting to get really emboldened as it relates to the regions. Now, Iran is talking that they have nuclear capabilities now. So you don't have to be the global hegemon in order to make influence. So when you think about Israel, everybody keeps talking about, hey, if they get a nuclear bomb, they're just going to blow Israel off the face of the earth. Why would they do that when they recognize multiple places in Jerusalem and they consider them holy grounds like the uh, Dome of the Rock and stuff like that for the Muslims are critical as it relates to um, visions that Muhammad had and, and all of these things that are happening, why would they just nuke and blow it up? They're not going to do it. So how do you destroy a nation, your enemy? Okay, you got Hamas shooting all these missiles into the air. We've got the Iron Dome that are shooting them out of there. And it's just a bad way to kind of live and be under the umbrella of these terrorists that are doing these things. But is that how they're going to take over Israel? Is that how they're going to do it? Or do they starve them? By controlling any free trade through the Suez Canal and such to Israel, and they keep it from happening. So now, how could they retaliate before? Before they, hey, we got a little bit of armies, we got a little bit of ships that we can throw at you, and we can block up some of these areas. But when you start looking at that whole region as it relates to any trade that comes by way of any maritime strategies, they can stop it. Okay, so they do that so they can literally starve a nation. So then, then, the, then it just happens, okay? So you look at all these different strategies as it relates to people trying to take position. India has interest, and they have nuclear capabilities. Pakistan has interest. They've got nuclear capabilities. Then you look at Iran now, and you're going, oh, my gosh, Russia and China. 
what's happening. It takes a concerted, focused effort with the right type of leadership to push these people back. So when you start talking about this tax and spending bill, well, now we're going to we need resources. You need money to be able to build infrastructure and have good outcomes. When you tax people, you deplete your revenue, you deplete deplete your market share, you deplete any interest that the market has to consume from you, and you compromise your nation nationally by, by national security because we lose money. We become less relevant in the country. Now when you start or in the world, when you start looking at this whole notion of overreach or the hegemon, we will naturally bump ourselves or take ourselves out of the equation. It's just, it will happen. So it goes from a singular, this is the cycle, they call it the hegemonic cycle theory, the singular hegemon, like the U.S., then it goes to something called the multipolar hegemon. So you have multiple countries. So let's just say it right now, let's say it's China, Russia, the U.S., and Iran that are in there that are fighting for the top spot. Or Iran just wants to be friends with the other two guys, okay, as they're doing this. And then it moves to what we call social unrest, okay? Think that's happening anywhere in the world right now? You think about all the things that we've had, the protests, the Arab Spring, different uh, terrorist dynamics, war, what's happening in Ukraine, that whole region, the Eastern Bloc, social unrest, right? Once you have social unrest, it leads to next a world war, okay, war. And people have said this could be the thing that leads us there. And once they have the world conflict, now you crown the new hegemon. That's how it comes out. Who comes out the other side when this when this happens? And so it's a scary reality, but this is a cycle that has repeated itself multiple times throughout history, and it kind of it's like a big refresh button. The United States has been in a position where because of liberty, because of freedom, because we empower the people, they have a great value of nation, and we fight harder. We lean into the battle because we're interested in having the best outcome to preserve all these virtues and values that we share. When you tamp a people down, as much as this government is trying to do, and you take, 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 pretty soon the people just say mercy, right? You know, maybe it'd be better if we had somebody else kind of pushing our nation around or what have you. Maybe this socialistic stuff, I just can't fight anymore. People just get burned out. Don't be that person. We've got to stand in and fight, but understand that everything is interrelated. So if it's the tolerate bumper sticker, or we need to coexist bumper sticker, that is not just some gentle thing. Look at the symbols on those stickers and start to think about what's happening. They're putting on a persona. They're trying to let you let your guard down. And then they hold us accountable in different ways. But they're moving the progressive needle forward. We have to stop them. And the only way we stop them is by unifying around a sweet message that is virtuous and that is focused on the best outcome for the people. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and you're listening to 960 The Patriot. We've been um, tackling the globe as it relates to all the threats that we have as a nation. And it really starts with internal policy that makes us vulnerable, right? If you build a home and you feel necessary to build a wall around the home and you have a gate and a very limited entrances, you generally might have a safer backyard, right? So you start thinking about what we do from the United States, and this is not just... Um, physical that I'm talking about. It's metaphorically too. 
when we put policies in place, you try to create an environment that's going to protect you, right? You try to create an environment that gives you an advantage as it relates to the world. I'll never forget the U.N. speech that President Trump got up there, and he started talking about making America great again to all these world leaders. And he started talking about all the policies that he intended to do. And they were very pro-American, 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 pro-American. You could see these people stirring a little bit because he was so heavy America. And then he stops in the middle of his speech and says, I know I'm being very heavy American. This is my country, and I'm going to do what I can to make sure this country has the best outcome. And he points to the people out there, all these world leaders, and said, all of you should behave the same way and have the same interests for your countries. And I agree with that, right? If you are a representative, regardless of how you got to that point, and you're supposed to be doing the things that are in the best interest of your country, you look at the policy, the process, the theme behind your presidency or your leadership, and you got to just keep coming back to the constituencies. What do we want? Jobs, opportunity, prosperity, safety, good health, great education. We want to feel like we can press forward and have the freedom to be who we want to be, right, in a number of ways. You have to create the environment that allows you to do this. You limit freedoms with debt. You limit freedoms with policies that constrain your government as well as the individuals. And so we talk a lot about debt. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, and I asked the question, how do you feel? If you've ever been heavy with consumer debt, how'd you feel? You're getting calls from creditors. You feel this burden that you have. You want to be an honest person, and you want to have integrity in your dealings with your fellow man and pay your debts back. But maybe you can't keep up. Well, when we get to that place, we may actually get to that place where you just can't keep up as a country. So right now what's happening, when you see what's happening with the the dollar and the inflation that's happening with the U.S., people say, oh, this could affect debts and people could start to default. And some people say, oh, no, no, you're, you're overthinking this. This transitory thing that Jonathan talked about. When people say transitory my inflation, if you really haven't understood that concept, just simply put, temporary, right? It's in transition. We're going from one economy to another economy. Inflation spiking just because, and it's going to slide back down, and we're going to be all happy as clams again, and we're going to move forward. The reality is we beat the heck and beat the death out of that word transitory to try to make it fit in this crazy economy that our Biden administration has created. But now what's happening? So listen to this. This is, uh, again, World News, uh, Financial Times. You start looking at some of these countries. When we had the, the Great Recession that everybody spoke about in 2001, and then we had another recession in the 2007, if you look at the periphery as far as countries that are in what we call a development mode, and they're not quite there as being a developed nation, when you have this downturn economy stuff, it typically affects them first, and it affects them the greatest. So you have the greatest fall-offs, and you have the greatest impact points. So again, any countries that have a lot of debt and they have to pay that debt in U.S. dollars, it's impacting them. So here's the, here's the beginning of the strain here. I'll read you just one little mini paragraph here, uh, or two paragraphs from Financial Times article. Strain is beginning to show in Sri Lanka, which has already admitted it cannot pay investors back. So these are debts or corporate debt or their debts that are coming from uh, government debt or what have you. They can't pay them back because now they're overconsumed here. But also in bonds issued by Kenya, Egypt and elsewhere, the prospect of possibly systemic sovereign debt crisis. So when you think about nation sovereign debt crisis is real. The nightmare scenario here is that lots of defaults come all at once. Creditors will expose 
uh, exposures to not one or a few, but many sovereign borrowers could face large aggregate exposures. So if you remember when we had our debt crisis just a handful of years ago in 2007, it was the aggregate that just smashed us, right? If you have these little pockets of debt that kind of default and what have you, we can kind of work ourselves. It may be painful, but we work ourselves through it and you can come out and poke your head out the other side. In this case, it was the aggregate debt that is smashing people and putting people under. And so this is all these things that we look at. And so we start thinking about policy, such as what the administration is planning or what they're considering moving forward. It is time for us to really stand up and go, oh, you know, there, there may be some policy that comes into place that is going to put so much pressure on us. It's going to give us a downturn and a big pushback to where we really, really, really can't have the outcome that we hope for. And so, again, it's policy, it's process, it's leadership, it is the implementation of what we need to do, and it's making sure that we can actually stand up and stand behind what we what we put into place. So looking at trade, looking at our adversaries, looking at the risks that we have and such, it's important for us to protect ourselves. Now, I want to lead to national security a little bit more. So we, we think about the art of war, for instance, and they talk about your enemies and we talk about trying to learn from what they really understand. You know, you've heard this notion, not necessarily in the art of war, about keeping your enemies close to you. And you try to learn, right? You try to get a feel for it. And China's very good at making America believe that they just love us. I went to uh, the, inner, the the Hidden Dynasty Ambassador Ball. My wife and I were included in this. And the, the ambassador of China gets up and he speaks in mainland China. And he sa- starts talking about the word beautiful. And he goes into definition of the word beautiful. And he says, and you know what is depicted next to our dictionaries in the Chinese language, when we talk about the word beautiful, it's a picture of America. And I'm thinking to myself, is it a picture of the map? Is it the White House? Is it something else? But a picture of America. And everybody in the room is like, oh, you know, and he, he really just brought us in. So you believe, you know, you've heard of the, the term sleeping tiger and you've heard of these hundred year plans and stuff. They're very intended in the way they do things. Now, so the greatest risk, if you go onto the FBI's website, now remember what's happening with the FBI and the weaponization that's happening with Garland and stuff, all these people, this is pathetic. The agents that are out there and for doing their job, I got to tell you, I, I've had up close and personal, I had the opportunity to go through the Citizens Academy with the FBI. There are some amazing agents and people that really care about protecting the United States of America. If you ask any FBI agent, say, what is the greatest threat to this country? They will tell you China. They won't even hesitate, okay? They make videos, they make movies about how these people are getting there. Have you ever received a text message that says, hello? And then you say, hello, who are you? And they're like, well, I'm blah, 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 I'm looking for Steve. Well, this isn't Steve's text message. You got the wrong number. This is somebody else. Well, who are you? You seem like you're pretty nice. And then you go, huh, I'm this person, and, and thanks for saying that, but you don't have Steve's number. And they try to get a conversation going with you. By the time you find out, it's Lucy, and then she sends you a picture, and it's a Chinese uh, national that's trying to interact with you. This is one way that they fish into relationships, okay? And I'm going to teach you another one about LinkedIn, and I'm going to show you that there's an article, there's a uh, video that they just put out. It's called Made in Beijing. And this is put out by the FBI. It's a documentary, very specific, and how they work their way into your lives and maybe even compromise who you are and what you stand for. So we get back. You've got to understand the threats that are coming by way of China. How are they sneaking into your life 
You won't know unless you stay tuned. So we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham. And again, you're listening to 960 The Patriot. We are in it. We're talking a lot about national security policies, procedures, processes, things to be aware of, and, and just really understand where our threats are coming from. Again, if you have an open-door policy as it relates to this nation where we have a, a constant apologetic disposition from this current administration, we saw it with the Obama administration, then what happens is it leads to potential abuse, quite honestly, where people just, you know, shut their eyes and think, oh, my gosh, this is not happening this way. Or we just got to be a little more patient. We don't want to be considered bigots because we're picking on a particular nation or a type of people, what have you. And we realize that they're another nation. They're an independent nation. They have an interest in having the best outcome for their people. And some of them will do what it takes to get there. Okay, they will recognize the attributes and the key points that made a nation successful. We became incredibly successful through our industrialists, right? We are an industrial nation. We led some incredible technology and did some great things. The rest of the world looks at this. China has had the discipline to model after it, okay? Because they are looking to become not only the hegemonic power within the world, but they're also interested in being the power in the world. China, if you recall, 1,500 years ago, China was the dominant world power. And if you look at what happened with their leadership and their lack of foresight as related to pressing through the rest of the world, they likely would have been the most dominant power for way beyond the time that they had as the dominant power. But they just didn't have the right plan. They learned. And again, I mentioned this earlier and I will continue to mention this. We are a media gratification culture here in the United States. Look, if, if I purchase something, I want to feel the good, bad and the fantastic Right away, right? I want to be able to say, hey, I bought this vehicle. I'm going to get in and go. I want to build something. I want to do this. I elected this guy in four years. He should be able to turn the economy around and make it better for us. All that. But the reality is sometimes policy takes time to settle in. One of the things I thought was going to happen in this administration is they were going to ride the coattails of Donald Trump's policy. But they were so aggressive out of the box that they just, bam, they just pushed it down and they did what they did. But looking at China, as we get into this whole notion of China, what their mission and their goal is, they have all these different sectors. They have plans, right, of what they're trying to do to get in and to find their way to the best outcome. So they they are into the power equipment, agricultural machinery, high-end rail transportation, marine power. We've seen all this. New materials. That's one of the issues that we have. They have some of these precious metals and things like that. We're so altered dependent upon them because we won't drill here. We won't mine here and do things. So we're dependent upon that nation. And then energy protocols or products, aerospace engineering, next generation IT. We talk about AI and some of the components that have there, not to mention their big impact points as they relate to the effort that they put on our nation. So you get into this and you say, okay. They've got all this ambition. Great. That's fantastic. But the problem is, is they get into this where their goals, they have like this five-year plan that tries to center in on what they're doing. First goal that they've articulated, and it's within the nation, is comprehensive national power. Okay? The next one is economic growth through innovation. They get it, right? We understand that. We, If you innovate and you create, you create an opportunity for people to buy and consume your goods and services and to make life better in, in the story. And they have tactics when they try to get into this and they want this global military power. 
And some of the tactics that they use are just this, okay? Forced technology transfers. So when you come into that country and you are trying to set up shop and to get into that that giant body of population and get people to buy your goods and services or set up a corporation, they force technology transfers, meaning you have to give them all of your code, your technology and everything, and they store it there. They're making sure you don't hurt their nation, but they take it. They copy it. They do what they're going to do. They try to make it better. They learn as they do this. Then you have acquisition of foreign countries. So that's one of the biggest risks when you do foreign direct investments in nations like China. They could literally take over your shop. Maybe they want to buy it. Maybe they make the environment so tough you go, I just don't want to have this anymore. They love your technology. They love your setup. You spent billion dollars in manufacturing like Microsoft's out there building all their boxes and testing them out there. Let's just shut Microsoft down. And now we've got all the infrastructure and we didn't really have to do much. We didn't have to pay for it. Okay, we've got it. And so then that intellectual property theft, which we've heard a lot about. And then the last one is industrial espionage. And I want to touch on this more and more as we get into this. There's other tentacles that they work into. But this industrial espionage, you would be surprised at how people are finding their way into vulnerable people's lives. Some people that don't even perceive themselves as being vulnerable, or maybe they don't even feel like they've really got intellectual property or access to that would be of national interest or national security, but they do. And the Chinese are finding them, they target them, and they have a unique way of doing it. And guess who what through? We come back from the break. You might even recognize being treated as such with some of these people. And I'll give you a story personally where somebody, I think, tried to do this and I just kind of let them work them along. And it's a, it's an interesting story. So we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and you're listening to 960 The Patriot. We are talking about all the moving parts that are happening within the country. And then, and especially with this spending bill that's happened and how it's going to put pressure on us from a competitive standpoint, how it's going to increase our debt. It puts us in a compromising, compromising spot. It reduces consumption of American goods and services, which then exposes us as it relates to having the capacity or resources to defend our nation and to be aware and to counter all the dynamics that are happening around the globe that are trying to put pressure on the United States to take us down. We already know that people, there's a lot of countries out there that don't like us. There's a lot of people in the world that love us, okay? And they love the notion of liberty and the opportunity that the American dream serves up to them, potentially, or what they imagine. But right now, we're just, we've got to be very careful to back away. There, before we went into the break, I was talking a lot about China and, and their whole hegemonic dynamic where they're trying to be the king of the hill. And there's a movie that the FBI actually put out. It's called Made in Beijing. The tagline says, the plan for global market domination. Okay. I'll play a clip here in a second about it. But leading into this, we talked about it before the break as well. This whole concept, their tactics of their five-year plan is forced technology transfers, acquisitions of foreign companies, intellectual property theft, and industrial espionage. The industrial espionage is interesting because... Espionage can come in a number of different ways, right? It could be just like a cool concept thing. It could be something that is really direct impact on our national security in a number of ways. But you have this concept of intellectual property theft where people steal stuff, right? And you don't know if it's going to be a hot topic or what have you. But let me give you an example of one area that they they target us. And I mentioned that I would do this. You have to be careful about this. It's through LinkedIn, okay? Okay. 
a lot of people put their LinkedIn profile on. You give your background, right, because it asked for it. So it's kind of like your makeshift resume. Maybe you worked in national security issues. Maybe you had top secret. Maybe you still have top secret clearance. And it's something that is specific to what they're targeting as something with this whole forced technology transfer. They're looking for something that's going to help to contribute to this plan for global market domination, right? So they have their targets. They know who you are. They're watching you. And so they start to interact with you. Some of you may actually have the open invitation that you'd be open to switching jobs or maybe even entertaining it. You're open to recruiters and doing a number of things. That's all great. Don't change that, okay? But recognize and vet people that are interested in you because you would be amazed at how you might be invited to do different things as an expert. And you might, in China or other places in the world, but Chinese-led corporations or what have you, and guess what they're trying to do? They're developing a relationship with you. They're trying to develop a relationship of trust with you. And then they're going to start to open and ask for you to give them information, maybe or maybe not, that you're comfortable with. So there was a movie that uh, the, uh, the, the FBI put out, and it was, um, it was kind of a dr- drama, uh, a dramatic kind of uh, repeat of something that really happened. And um, but it was dramatized as they went through there. And they had this guy who was a retired military engineer and the little boats, you know, the little uh, inflatable boats that have certain technology and they have radar blocking this, that and the other on them. And they're small. These are things that maybe you would picture a Navy SEAL or somebody that's taken a beach or something like that. They're I don't know. Bobcats, I guess there's a number of different names for these these types of boats. This guy had had this expertise and had been in a very high-profile, top-secret place and had access to all the technology. Now, again, this doesn't seem like this is an earth-shattering type of technology. Well, long story short, he was approached on LinkedIn uh, by somebody that posed as a great big company that was based in China and other places in the world. Um, he, they were, he was asked to write some articles, and then he would be paid for these articles. He wrote them, had great content, didn't violate any of his top-secret oaths or anything that he had done as a retired uh, Navy veteran, I believe. And he goes through this whole process. They continue to kind of romance and ask him questions. Then they get into some of the specific details that maybe are in the gray area as related to the technology and the evolution around the technology. Again, not so comfortable. He even addresses it with some of these people in this dramatization. And and he goes through this process. And they're like, well, yeah, we're just asking because I know it's evolved. And they, he gives them some information, right? And he continues to do so. They even fly him out. This is based on a true story. They fly him out to China. And he's wowed by good old Beijing or Shanghai. And he's zipping around the city. And they stop in front of the building and says, our business is in here. So this this recruiting company, the one that was going to have them be this expert and all this stuff, they say, this is where we're located. This is it. They even a sign out there. And he's like, wow, this is great. So he sees a company. He researches the company. It's legit, right? So then he goes off to this event where there's probably 100 participants, and he gets up as this keynote speaker. is getting paid like five grand for this. His wife loves the money. He loves the money. It's a nice little retirement bonus as it goes down the line. Gives off his seminar. Even in the seminar and part of the slides, he started to tease out a little bit of this information that would have been real relevant to this group, but top secret, and he had the clearance for it, maybe shouldn't have been sharing this information. He does it. Well, as this whole process is happening, the FBI is watching him. Okay, they get some surveillance and get some tips. Well, he gets to a point 
where they, they press and press and press him for the information. He's seen the building, seen the business, seen all this. He's had these experiences multiple times. Long story short, again, this all started with LinkedIn. Somebody just reaching out saying they were interested in his expertise and where he came from and everything about him. He goes through this process, and then they push him for some information that really is current and top-secret information. And he says, I don't know. And they, they start to entice him with some of the bonuses. And he trusts people, right, because he's been working with these people and he's had this building this relationship with him. And so he says, you know what? One of my friends is still active. Dude, let me call him. Just ask him a couple questions about that. If he wants to give me the information, great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. So he calls this person, his friend. They have the conversation. And guess what the friend says? I can't give you that information. You know better than asking for that information. Oh, I'm sorry I did it. You know, I was just doing this project, writing this report, and I just thought it'd be interesting if I could tie it in with the information. But if I can't get to it, that that's that's I'm sorry. So hangs up, tells his people that wanted this information. He continues to write this article. The guy he called that was active military called the authorities and said, you just got to know this is a weird question. This guy I worked with for 20 years has never asked a question like this. He knows better. I don't know what's going on. So they started to surveil him, surveil his traffic, his traveling, everything about him. And they said, this guy's being a spy and he's being set up. So they literally raid his home, right? They get all sorts of stuff, money, records, all this type of stuff. His wife's there. He's in freaking Beijing, doesn't even know this is happening at home. His wife is counseled to say, honey, I need you home. There's things going on. We need to get you back here. They know she's innocent of this completely. She entices her husband back. He gets arrested in the United States for espionage. Okay, so here you go. It happened. Now, what was like an innocent flirting of like a recruiter or a business that wanted them, they find their way to this information. Some people aren't as hard as sales, right? They're just going to give it up and do it. But recognize, this man's freedom changed forever, okay? Just heard a statistic, which I'll play when we come back from the break. You would not believe how many counterintelligence, how many cases are filed every single day to defend our country and protect our corporations, everything from China. China alone, okay? So again, if you don't believe there's this international global threat that's happening, this type of conversation should help wake you up, but it all rolls back. So if you look at this great big cycle of policy, process, and leadership, we've got to have the right people in so we can defend our nation on all fronts. We'll be right back after the break and take a guess how many cases are filed today. Hey, we're back. This is 960 The Patriot again. Robert Graham wrapping it up for Seth Leapson today. Hopefully you're doing fantastic. We've been talking about China, and I've been going into some of the details and fact points as it relates to the way they manipulate individuals to find their way into this plan for global market domination. Now, I'm going to play a little clip here, and I want you to listen carefully to what they say. It's a very quick clip. And this is a FBI documentary called Made in Beijing. It's on YouTube, and I would go there and look. It's about 30 three minutes long, and it'll kind of blow your mind. This is real facts, real experience, and they'll actually source and cite some areas where you can go look for this information, and you'll find it, and, and it'll be a reaffirm, a reconfirm, or confirm that this information is true and real. So here, listen to this part here. This is some statistics that came out. Remember, we talked about their five-year plan for, for their strategic goals, Again, the forced technology transfers, acquisition of foreign companies, intellectual property theft, 
industrial espionage, all of these tactics of getting in here. Listen to some of these numbers here. Chinese government stole millions of dollars worth of technology from a local company and brought it back to his homeland. Experts believe the Chinese Communist Party's goal is to control entire supply chains and manipulate global and domestic market conditions. More worrisome is the state-sponsored funding of China 2025 by the Communist Party, which fuses their commercial production with industrial research and military objectives, posing an even greater threat to U.S. national security. We've now reached the point where the FBI is opening a new China-related counterintelligence case about every 10 hours. So I'm going to stop there. FBI is opening a counterintelligence case against China every 10 hours. Again, this is where we go, oh man, you just have to roll your neck out, try to stretch a little bit and go, I can't believe all the angles and the dimensions this great nation is being assaulted. So this is where we we kind of roll it back a little bit. We talk about the Constitution of the United States, the bravery that went into the signers of the Declaration of Independence, where they they probably the highest act of treason in the world's history that's been documented in a way that has the influence that it did is they signed this Declaration of Independence and pushed forward to a free nation. And then this beauty, this this like experiment around liberty and real freedom has created one of the greatest nations, if not the greatest nation ever, to be on this earth. And we have so much that the world wants and where they are. We're getting, we're getting assaulted from outside of our nation, and we're getting assaulted from within. The people that are within our nation that are pushing hard to try to tip over the American dream or this notion of American exceptionalists need to be educated, and they need to be dealt with. Get them out of office organize, protect everything that we hold dearly. This is your family, your friends, your religion, your freedom of speech, the right to bear arms. Do what you can to keep a tyrannical governor, government away from you. When an IRS agent is being asked to carry a weapon, I support the Second Amendment. That's one of the things I'd like to close with. Again, I love our country. I love you, and I appreciate it. Have a fantastic weekend. Protect yourself. Be safe. Make good choices. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good night.